All right. Um, hello to everyone joining us. Thank you so much for coming. My name is Jason, and if you've seen our show, then you know very well who I am. Um, we are representing Live Reality Games tonight. None of their podcasters were able to join us, but we are going to make them proud and uh, carry the torch for them for tonight's show. Um, before we get started, we have aired the first three episodes of our show, and we did a three-week holiday break, but we were returning tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So uh, right below, we have the links to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe, as well as our Facebook page. Please give us a like, just so you can keep up with everything that we're doing and never miss an episode. Things are getting really juicy, and I don't know who edits these, but they're so well done. Um, I really recommend watching. Um, with that said, I am joined by Michael Probst, our fantastic host of this season and the winner of Gatlinburg, the previous season, as well as Ryan and Sarah. And so even though I'm giving the introduction, I'm not actually hosting. Um, and with that said, Michael, go ahead and take it away. Also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, um, go ahead and leave them in the comments and we will address them as they come up. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thank you, Ryan, Sarah, and Jason, all for joining this podcast. And thank you to Live Reality Games for giving us this platform again. Super excited to make the return and super excited to chat about the first few episodes of our amazing second season. So, awesome. Let's dive in. So, before we get started with chatting about episode one, you three probably know this family the best among anyone looking from the outside in. So what kind of expectations did you maybe have leading up to the first day in surviving South Dakota? I kind I of expected. Like, sorry, I feel like I knew full well what I was getting myself into because I've done this before. So I was going to say, I'm going to let, um, or I guess they're over here, mirrored. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I've known the Beecham family for a very long time. So I knew, you know, previous survivors, Gatlinburg specifically, did get very aggressive. So I was expecting the aggression. I guess I wasn't expecting so much aggression <laughs> behind the scenes, but it was good. It was what I expected, I guess. <laughs> uh, I've known the Beechams to be competitive. And so I expected that going into it. I just didn't expect... I guess I wasn't as familiar with the format of Survivor as I should have been um, because the competitiveness just is constant. You are constantly trying to win. Every every move you make should be towards you trying to win. And that is not something I didn't, that I didn't look, I didn't do any of that. I didn't know I would need to do that and I wasn't prepared for it. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Aggressive, competitive, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just joking. But you actually bring up a really good point, Ryan, where you mentioned not really knowing the format of Survivor itself, like what the show is based off of. And that was the same for Jason and myself in the first season that we had produced. We didn't know what any of this was besides what had been introduced to us through Petey, who is now a competitor but was a host at the time. So this time, and I think you can see that in Jason, specifically his gameplay, kind of a 180 shift where it's a totally different person now that he has an understanding 20 seasons in of what this show is all about and what you need mm -hmm. to do to win. Um, so yeah, that's a really great point. So leading into then the first day, I should really call it the first night. This is after what, 15 hours of 
car rides on our way from Chicago to South Dakota. Just about, yeah. Yeah, nonstop. So 15 hours in or so, give or take, the competition immediately begins. I believe it was like 1130 that I'm like, all right, everyone, get out of the car, get together around this bonfire, let's get it lit up. We're jumping right in. So it started with the challenge, no hard feelings. And just a refresher for those who are watching now, no hard feelings was a questionnaire that I had created and distributed to all of the contestants. And they were asked to write down the name of the competitor who they thought best matched the specific question being asked. Like, who do you think is going to win? They would put X. And then there was a second round that I don't know if I had mentioned, but maybe it was a surprise. The second part of that challenge was then going through those questions again and putting down the name of the person that you think the group, a majority of the people in the group put their name. So it's kind of confusing. But Sarah, having been voted by the group as the one who, quote, will most likely let emotion cloud their judgment, uh, you seem to have a pretty level head throughout the game and throughout the season. Um, if not you, who among the group do you think might have deserved that title more? Okay, honestly, I'm very surprised that I was so level-headed and I didn't let my emotions get the best of me. Um, but I kind of contribute that to playing so many games with the Beachins and kind of numb to my emotions and competition mode around the entire Beachin clan. Um, but I think either Eric or Emma to be the next most emotional only because Emma's a sweetheart. She cares a lot. She cares a lot about other people's feelings. So I could see that. And then, you know, Eric's very competitive. He takes it very seriously. He's like, I want to win. I don't care who I hurt. So I could see it going either way. Um, I did think a little bit, maybe May Lee, but I was like, hmm, she's a little too savage to let her emotions <laughs> yeah. of her. So. so there was no shortage of competitors perhaps. <laughs> who might have been better suited for that title. Do you guys agree, Jason Ryan? I think that May Lee is a really good point because like you would never see it. No one would ever know, but she is the type of person where the emotions would get the best of her. But as I said, like you would just never know it. You have to catch her off guard. I think that's a good one. Um, but I see Eric uh, said, hashtag excuse <laughs> agree. I, I personally voted for Emma, or maybe did I vote for Eric? I don't know, but the two of them, yeah, I... Roll the tape. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with uh, one of those choices. Um, honestly, probably leaning towards Eric a little bit. I could see him sort of misjudging something in the heat of the moment. Whereas where if he was not as emotional, he wouldn't have made that same decision. And I think that would, at least out of the three of those options, I think it would affect him the most. I don't know if he would be the most emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. So speaking about that questionnaire, John was voted as the most trustworthy competitor. And as each new episode has shown that honorable competitor John was seemingly left in Gatlinburg. So what might have taken you by surprise in the first few days, seeing everyone start to play the second season? Were there any surprises like that? 
Um, well, a lot of what I saw, the, the opinion I got of the whole game was very different from when I was an active participant. And then even when I was helping with production or afterwards watching it, I feel like it's like almost three different experiences. Um, at least from my part, while participating, John was very clear about who he was allied with. So I wouldn't say that would make him untrustworthy. I think he was almost super obvious in who he acted. Like he and Jason were found together constantly. So it was obvious that the two of them were working together. And if you had sided with the two of them, you were the, you were the third fiddle almost. So I don't think, I don't think any of his untrustworthiness came out to me until I I saw the tapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of what I think might shock people as fans of John is that the confessionals were the most surprising part. Like, oh my gosh, he might have counterfeit idols. What's this about? But Jason, you say you don't agree. Um, I disagree with the point about like, if someone were to try and team up with us, they're the third fiddle. I understand that maybe we did feel that way, but in my mind, that was only in her mind. Um, in my mind, like she was fully informed of everything. And I straight up said like, I never want the three of us to be seen together because that'll make it obvious. And it was part of our strategy, my strategy, for nobody to know that we were partnered with Meili. And that worked um, until, you know, Meili turned on us. But like, that was the point was like, they're not supposed to know she's with us and they didn't, but they are supposed to know that John and I are together and they did. And so what I would say about John's trustworthiness, um, for me personally, it stemmed 100% through this season. Like he was still always very true to me. He was the one person that always stuck with me. Um, I think it was obvious who he is teamed up with and those are the people that he's going to be most trustworthy with if you're on the outs with him why is he going to be trustworthy with you he doesn't know you any or owe you anything so i think that he kept his reputation personally mm -hmm. yeah anything to add sarah i have nothing to add <laughs> <laughs> got it so sarah actually based on your reaction you were clearly shocked about having the most correct answers and being named the second team captain uh, so walk us through your thought process uh, for picking your team would you have done anything different i know that based on some fan reactions it's been a pretty controversial decision to have the rookies and the veterans on two separate teams what are you thinking um, I definitely was shocked that I got the most correct answers for this challenge. Um, I guess I know the Beach and Clan maybe a little too well. Uh, I knew going into surviving South Dakota that I wanted PD on my team. Um, I thought that he was the most well-rounded. He had been behind the scenes for so long and may have been able to get like in your head about the upcoming challenges and kind of give us some pointers. Like, I think this is coming next. This is what we should do here as a team. Um, and I definitely also wanted Ryan on my team because um, he has the wits and he has the logic to play the game well. The only bad thing about Ryan is he cares so much about other people's happiness and he wants other people to have fun. And he's like, he's a team player in the sense that like, he'll, he'll let his downfall be I'm out and someone else can play, even if he is the best competitor. Um, but I think he really could have gone far. Um, those were the only two people I actually thought about ahead of time being on my team. Um, but I think it did hurt us that I didn't think about it a little bit more. Um, as you mentioned, you know, us all being newbies, everybody mentioning that I, I honestly didn't think about it in the moment when I was choosing my team. Um, but other than I couldn't have, I can't tell you now who I would have chosen, which I don't know, I guess I should think about more maybe, you know, next time we play, but <laughs> 
And it's something to think about for sure. I love that. But either way, I knew going into it and creating the season that I could not have pegged who would have made it all the way to the end. So it shook out the way that it should have shaken out and I wouldn't have changed anything for it. I think that it was still an all-stars cast of everyone playing. So you all did a great job. Um, so teams are picked. We go into the second challenge for this first episode and that is carry your weight where in this one, we had set it up so that we had three well, or four pegs in the ground and we were running around the circle with <laughs> bundles of firewood um, and you were all attached to your team. You had to run in the same direction and catch the other. We did that for the best of three and ultimately it was the Ska tribe that took the win there. So Ryan, post-challenge and deliberating with your team toward the path of elimination with your tribe, you had mentioned to PD that you had said, I believe it was a quote, I don't think you're on the chopping block. Yet you had wrote down his name. Did something change in your mind from when that conversation took place to when you're up, up writing down a name? Um, no, not really. Uh, I'll be honest. The decision to write down PD's name was purely based on the fact that he, I had thought of the funniest thing to say when I put his name in the, uh, the uh, container uh, when I did it, because we went into that decision knowing full well who was going home. And if everyone followed the plan, then they were safe, except for me, because the intent was to send me home. So then I just sort of I couldn't vote for myself, so I sort of had a free vote to throw however I wanted to, and I wanted at least it to be humorous on my way out. I think you had said that next time bring a belt, and that is so iconic that uh, it cracks me up every single time. I was reading the episodes today, and I heard that. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> savage. Um, great. Well, Ryan, though, yours being the first elimination of the season, it definitely caught many viewers and players alike by surprise. So in hindsight, is there anything that you might have done differently? Um, no, I don't think I would. I would have done anything differently. I feel strongly about my decision. And then it's unfortunate that me going home basically sent Sarah home. Um, and I would have liked to see her go further. But <clears throat> that was also just day the, the third challenge, I guess. Episode two was... Um, I mean, we lost again. Someone had to go home. It's it's never good. But I'm glad I gave everybody on my team at least a chance to do at least one more game because uh, I know it meant more to them than it did to me, mm -hmm. honestly. That is so noble. As Sarah was mentioning earlier, Ryan is so selfless and I think such a great like cooperative team member. But in the game of Survivors, when you are in a family of hyenas and you yourself <laughs> are a Labrador, <laughs> it's... <Yep. laughs> You know, it just doesn't shake out that way. But either way, it caught a lot of people by surprise. You were a great competitor. Um, and then you made for a fantastic member of production, too. But heading then into episode two, that was revolving around the main challenge, Stop It Up. Stop It Up was the challenge where we had three stations for each team where you would take a bucket of water, a small bucket, from a big bucket of water, toss it to your next teammate, and that next teammate we toss it to a third person and dump it into their collective bucket. And then the first team within 20 minutes, I believe, um, the most water would take the win for that one. So backing up a little bit, Jason does a great job, as we all have seen, seamlessly stitching together clips into that high quality episode we all come to enjoy every Thursday. 
But what's something, and this is to the group, what's something that the audience might not consider when we're watching everyone compete in Surviving South Dakota? Um, I would just like to say that it took so long to get everyone to cooperate in the morning. It's like 9 a.m. every single day. We're missing this person. The whole group is gone. It's like, where are you people? It is 9 a.m. every day. 9 a.m. And it was, we actually usually started at like 10 o'clock, but we were, those who were punctual were always there at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a matter of like corralling sheep, but that's a great point. One thing I would say that was struck from the record is that um, if you don't know the Beachins, it's a family and somehow I'm marrying into this family that matches me so well, um, don't have the best stomachs. And so I was literally in the bathroom like repeatedly. That's why I was late and other people were too. Um, and there was actually a confessional from Kevin that I wish it had fit with the narrative, but he was like, I could go look for idols and pretend to be in the bathroom all the time, but you can only do that so many times or you're known as poopy pants. Talk <laughs> <laughs> about diarrhea at any other point. So I, I left it out, but it's super funny. So like, I actually feel like I was one of the more punctual ones, which like is not my life ever. But I was also like, I would arrive on time. And I'd be like, oh, not everyone's here. Well, I have to run to the bathroom. So it would be an endless chain reaction of someone going to the bathroom before we start and then they would come back and that next person would then go to the bathroom and it's like oh my god <laughs> not naming names i'm not naming names but ryan was there anything that you wanted to add uh, um there's a lot of it's a lot of just the behind the scenes stuff the setup and like the takedown of all the events <clears throat> and uh regularly the losing team had to walk back to the campsite <laughs> And uh, as a participant of the losing team, more often than not, it's not fun <laughs> to lose a game and then have to trudge all the way back to the campsite, knowing that like it's because you lost. It doesn't really help much. But yeah, that is something I forgot. Typically, yeah, the winning team would get that red carpet to the golden chariot all the way back to camp, which people don't realize is at the very top of a steep hill. We are at the very, very top of it. And usually where we did uh, sop it up and a couple other challenges, it was at the bottom of that hill and pretty far away, like maybe like a half mile or so, but lots of walking. And after a challenge where, or not sop it up, I'm sorry, uh, that was near the cabins, but the carrier weight challenge where you are running around a circle with firewood and then you have to walk all the way back, that does not seem very pleasant. Um, In 90 yeah. degree heat. It was 90 <laughs> mentioning the heat first three days, which was also struck from the record. Yes. It was a heat wave or something, and it was constantly 95 plus. I specifically for the first challenge, uh, the first day or episode, whatever I'm trying to say, when we were doing the running around the circle with the firewood, I was like, make sure you are hydrated because it was, it was very, very hot. So anyways, moving things along, I keep chatting. Uh, Jason, although that your tribe had won the previous day's challenge and had received immunity, that second episode that we saw reveals a bit of preparation in the event that your tribe is put up for elimination. So what might the audience not consider when seeing preparation like this take place? Um, well, okay. So like I've been told that, that those scenes made me look villainous. Um, and you know, you always, as Ryan and Sarah were saying, like they weren't prepared for like how competitive it is. And if you're not familiar with like the format of survivor, like the, all you should be doing is focusing on like what is going to get you to the next step. 
And so in that respect, I think that I was like one step ahead. Like, what if we do lose? We're not planning on losing. And that's why we never did. But um, what happens if we do? And so we had a plan. Um, we never got to carry it out. And I think that does make me look back. because it's like we had this whole plan that we talked about and it went nowhere. So now I'm a villain for no reason. But <laughs> surprise. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I would just say, like, I came to try and be as prepared as I could be because with in Gatlinburg, I, I wasn't like, I had never seen survivor. Um, now it's my favorite show. So like, I was just trying to. Mm-hmm. Think strategy. I don't know. Yeah. But Ryan, if, if things had panned out differently and PD had been eliminated as you had voted the night before, how do you think the challenge would sop it up would have been different? How do you think it would have played out? Um, well, I don't mean that don't at all mean to imply that PD was a problem for Sop It Up. But I, there was a der- der- uh, an actual shift in uh, who was winning right around the time when PD and John started getting physical. Mm. And it seemed like that was more PD initiated than John because uh, John's not going to do that to you unless you start giving it to him. True. And so I've, I've just wondered since if the if the spout had stayed more civil would um would stop have been able to just keep their lead and t- long enough to take the w that's a really really good point i think even if you or sarah maybe were at the faucet john i would put my life savings on it he would not be as rough with either of you two than he was with pd so maybe things would have panned out differently but who knows so how did your tribes determine who was placed in each station? And would anyone here have done something differently than actually how it panned out? Because Jason, I, I believe you did not participate. Sarah, you were at the last bucket. How do you think things would have been different? Would you change anything? I think that what we had was perfect because we ended up winning. I know that I could have done really well in the challenge and I would have loved to participate. But what we did say is like, um, first of all, John, had to play and i think obviously he was well suited to do that he did a great job in his station um but there were a few like breakout stars i feel like on our tribe in the carrier weight challenge with the logs um and other people didn't feel like they were able to help the team as much and at that point i was still team mentality i was like if people feel confident in this challenge and feel like they can do it and I want them to have the opportunity to do it. Like I'll also step in and I think that I'll do a great job. I would love to participate. I never want to sit out, but um, like I already had my opportunity to show myself in carrier weight. So if someone else wants that same opportunity, you can have it. And so what we ended up doing was picking numbers and I wasn't one of the numbers that was picked and it worked out. So that was what we did. Yeah, fair enough. Sarah, would you change anything? Uh, I don't even remember how we chose who went well. Um, I kind of like blacked out all of South Dakota. Um, Dramatic. I liked, I liked Kevin being in the middle. Um, I think if Ryan had stayed, I think he should have been where Petey was. I would love to see a Ryan on John little fist fight going. <laughs> amazing. Like the nicest guys in the world just duking it out. Um it's also not a fight I would win. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would have changed anything. I probably, since we didn't win, but I think maybe PD focused too much on fighting John mm-hmm. rather than like helping our team. But in the same sense, like I probably would have done the same thing. Got it caught up in the fight, you know? 
so I guess I, I something would have changed. I just don't know what. Yeah. Fair One enough. thing that you might not know, Ryan, is that Eric actually individually voted for you as the biggest physical threat. So he thinks he could have really? He did. Yeah. No, he did watch me rip a shelf off a wall, and I think that's what turned him. <laughs> I don't know. Here's that very wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, awesome. Well, Sarah, in the first episode, you kept the first episode tradition alive by eliminating your boyfriend, Ryan, here. So flash forward to your exit confessional. You had mentioned that Ryan's elimination ensured that yours would follow. So with that clarity, would you have changed anything with your strategy? Um, first, bless Ryan's heart for not being mad at me or angry <laughs> or anything about voting him off first. Um, and to be honest, and I know Kevin is watching, but I probably would have let Kevin go first only because I know that Ryan would have done so well in that eating challenge and he would have been a physical threat and sop it up. And it's not that Kevin doesn't have the heart and he did so well in um, carry your weight. Like he basically like let us all dragged us in a circle. I just think Ryan would have done much better in the eating challenge, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. And just truthfully, having an alliance as strong as that, it might have gotten you farther in the game. Just yeah. Point. yeah. Well, moving on, speaking of episode three, Drink, Drink, Drunk, our next episode has our competitors. Following the tradition of an eating challenge, but not exactly as it usually is, where we have a plate of mysterious objects that we have to eat as quickly as possible. But instead, this time around, we are drinking a variety of things. And the way that it was structured is having, I believe, five separate rounds based on the flavor profiles that we all have. Like, um, it started with spicy, it went into sweet, and then it went to bitter and salty, and then finally sour. So, Jason... Before we get into the challenge itself, what was going through your mind when John had revealed that he had counterfeit immunity idols? Um, you know, like, I feel like I had prepared myself so much to play this round, um, th this this game, not just this challenge, um, that when he revealed that, I was like, why didn't I think of that? Because it's such a common thing on the show. Um, and it just didn't even cross my mind. And I was like, wow, you came to play too. So then I was like, I got the right person that I teamed up with. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. And I was like, cool. He and, and that was another thing. Like, was he the most trustworthy? Yes, I'm the only person that he told his like big secret to. So yeah, I chose the right person to team up with is what I thought. And yeah. also, why didn't I bring him? Yeah, it, it was definitely something that if I had watched the show before we did season one in Gatlinburg, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so genius. Why haven't we done that before? Actually, and don't tell Jeff Bezos, but we share an Amazon account. So I think I got a notification either that it was purchased or that it was delivered. And I didn't know where to at seeing the notification, but I saw that there was the hidden immunity idol from the first season delivered to someone's address on this account. And it was right before we had left. And I was like, oh, someone is being snaky in this season. I was so excited. I loved it. So Ryan, Sarah, did either of you ever know that PD was planting his own counterfeit immunity idol? Was that ever clear to you uh, prior to your eliminations? Uh, no, we didn't spend a lot of time in our team actually forming any sort of strategy beyond who were we eliminating. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have much of an opportunity for that. Uh, but I'd like to believe PD would have filled, had we had won the first two challenges, 
I think PD would have def- I would like to think PD would have filled us in and told mm-hmm. us about his master plan. I think if we were more open to conversation and communication and strategy, PD might have let us in. Um, I could see him definitely not letting us know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had no idea. And I think that definitely hurt us not having that kind of team communication throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. So before we went into the challenge itself, there was some sorting and there was also the reveal of the advantage that the old Scott tribe had received leading into this challenge. And Jason, I'm curious, was it ever a question of who would actually be the one to receive the disadvantage of drinking one round twice? Well, we went into it knowing we had an advantage, but we didn't know what the advantage was until we opened it. Like, And it was pretty much on the spot. They were like, all right, go discuss it. At that point, there were only two people to choose from. Um, Kevin had always been very open about the fact that he doesn't think he's the strongest. He knows he's not going to be good at an eating challenge. And Petey always says how good at an eating challenge he would be. Um, and so, no, it wasn't really a question. It was like, okay, we have this. Great, Petey. <laughs> Roll the tape of Petey throwing up. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that's a good game, just like May Lee last season, but didn't really follow through. Hmm. Maybe I would drink about a half cup of piss beach it. <laughs> yeah, I recall that, Maybe. Um, Anyways, Ryan and Sarah, although, of course, it's sad to see you both eliminated. Surely there was a sigh of relief needing not participate in the infamous eating challenge. How do you think either of you would have done in this challenge? Um, personally, I would have been freaking awful at this eating challenge. There's no way you would catch me drinking Malort, let alone what, like a whole cup? No, thank you. Um, let alone the little sardine and the little clam juice. No, thank you. Um, I do think Ryan would be very well. And I've mentioned this, but the syrup, like everybody struggled (laughs) with the syrup, but I could just see Ryan like, this is like home to him. Like he knows what he's doing. It's a good challenge. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, well, now that my syrup obs- obsession has been put on blast, um, <laughs> but uh, no, but honestly, I was actually disappointed that I didn't get to like stop it up was not a challenge that I looked at and was like, ah, oh, I wish I could do this. But the drinking challenge was definitely like, Oh man, why couldn't that be the one challenge I got to do this season? Because uh, that's I, I feel like of the first three, like noticeably, like oh, I would have been fine in that. Like maybe I would have went home, but I at least would have been a contender mm-hmm. as far as. Um, but no, I honestly and like I don't think any of it would have been too much of a problem. Maybe the sardine, uh, but a lot you just got to get it down before you think about it, and yeah. then you'll be fine. True. Well, if you want, I still, I think I still have all of those treacherous ingredients in my house. So we can hose up a a fake round and you can go through all of them. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Having been the only person here to actually go through each round, which was the easiest? Which was the worst? Um, Yeah, so the easiest one for me, like anyone that knows me knows that I actually love fish. Um, I'm good with seafood. And so not that the clam juice and the sardine were like delicious by any means that there, I mean, there was nothing special about it. Um, it didn't bother me at all. And it was like really easy to get it down. I, th- I would say like it took a second cause I had to chew up the fish. Even Eric just swallowed it whole. Um, I think I would have choked. I don't know. 
Um, so I did chew it up and I think that like added a little bit of time, but as far as like the difficulty of it, very easy for me. Um, so I'm the polar opposite of Petey in this respect because that was the one that he wasn't able to finish, but he loved the syrup. And I think but between the syrup and the apple cider vinegar, that was the worst for me because the syrup is like, syrup is good, but like, you're not supposed to be like chugging it. It is not something that you can, like you can, I had to literally like not sip it. I had to like suck it out of the cup. And so that was bad. That was the only one that had me like, Dagging right away. Ugh. But apple cider vinegar, I never have been like one to gag with apple cider vinegar, but I used to take shots of it every morning and it is like the most rancid thing you could ever put in your mouth and your body, whatever. I didn't even realize until I was editing it that it was cut in half with water. Like it it's like my my tonight. It's so disgusting. Like I even the smell of it, like you can see on camera, I had like my uh buff over my nose because it was a foot away from me but i was like i'm gonna fucking die yeah yeah definitely uh in preparation for this challenge i was actually i was tasting the ingredients i did not do them in the quantity that i gave you all but i did the apple cider vinegar and was like oh holy cow and i was doing some research as well like am i gonna hurt my family and friends <laughs> Should I maybe not do this? So I decided ultimately to cut it half water, half apple cider vinegar to dilute it a little bit uh, because in large quantities like that, you can actually burn your throat if you were to swallow like a ton of it. You were never in the danger zone, but if you go to huge amounts, you definitely could have been. So, well, you, you didn't use us physically, you did hurt our feelings. So, <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that. So who would you all have pegged the winner of this specific challenge? Was there anyone that surprised you with their performance? Um, I don't just the one I always think of is just the PD's ability to get liquids down is just impressive. Um, yeah. I think had he been able to get that fish down, he would have been the clear winner, uh, but he didn't. So he wasn't, but I mean, it was just, and it felt like everyone else's times were much more even. And then he was just like undercutting everybody the whole time. He was cruising through. Yeah. Um, so I, so when I think back to the challenge, it's probably the thing that surprised me. I just was not expecting anyone to do that. <laughs> what did you die? <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> you would have thought Petey was going to die that day. Um, the one that. So like, I feel like PD talks a big game and he showed up to the challenge. He, I can't believe how fast he drank that syrup, especially in comparison mm -hmm. to how fast he drank the hot sauce, which was basically a cup of water. Like it was, it was spicy water, but like it goes down just fine. As I said, I had to suck the syrup out of the cup. So I don't even understand how he was able to do it that fast. <laughs> but like, as I said, he talks a big game. He showed up. I feel like Eric talks a big game. He showed up. I talk a big game. He showed up. John doesn't really talk a big game. And he like continuously had like the first or second time. Yeah. And so yeah. I think I was really shocked by him and the fact that he won. Like, I don't think that I would have gone into that thinking, oh, John's the clear winner. I, I would have said like probably me, Peter, or Eric. And he made all of us. Yeah. Good point. Sarah, what do you think? I was surprised and not surprised about John. Um, 
I guess because he, you know, didn't say, oh, I got this, you know, I got this. I don't, you know, doesn't bother me. But then like showed up and mm-hmm. did the damn thing. Like did not flinch, like did it for his team. He, I don't think he ever really complained except when he was folding up that pancake and eating it. It's just saying, I'm pissed. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> the only peep out of him. He was upset about the syrup because yes. the amount of sugar and carbs in it. That's true. <laughs> yes, he was upset about uh, the offset of calories that a cup of syrup would do to you. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that we calculated that to be, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like over 400 calories in just that cup. And we were also chugging liquor, which is going to be very high, like probably like well over half of what you're supposed to have in an entire day in just an hour. Luckily, a lot of it didn't stay down. So good thing for all the vomiting. Yes, definitely. So in episode one, Maylee was voted as the most likely competitor to stab you in the back was her betrayal after the challenge when uh, everyone but John was on the chopping block. Was her betrayal of Jason and John surprising or was it foolish, do you think, to think it would go in any different way than it actually did? I think it was surprising that she didn't ride out her alliance a little bit longer. Um, But I don't think it's surprising, you know. Um, But at this, I mean, I, I guess at the same rate, like, why should Jason and John not believe that their own teammate is not in an alliance with them after continuously saying, I've got your back. I'm in an alliance with you. So it's both, I guess, in my opinion, from like the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it were anyone, I could see it being Neely, but also you'd think that she might write it out a little bit longer than she did. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. What do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, I think I have to agree. I think the most surprising part was just the timing of it. Um, because, I guess I was a little surprised Maylee did it, but did it to Jason and John because I thought they, the three of them, like it, like watching it back, it looks like they are like a squad. But, um, but like, I mean, I, I, I thought if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Maylee. So I'm surprised it happened at all, but not at all surprised that it was Maylee. <laughs> yeah. I assembled that alliance knowing that, like, the three of us would be unstoppable. Like, look back at Gatlinburg, barring the winner, we were the top three, um, mm-hmm. which is pointed out, and that's, like, why I got voted out. But I think it's, like, am I surprised that Melee did it? I don't know. Like, I would expect it from her, but also, like, she'd never turned on her alliances in the first season. And so, like, I didn't expect that. And I also really wouldn't expect her to turn on the two people that everybody in the game agreed were the ones that were dominating the game. So it's like, had she stuck with us, we could have carried it through all the way to the top. But I think what she was worried about was going up against one of us in the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how that plays out for her, but um, am I surprised? I guess not. Mm-hmm. I think that if we were to ever play again, it really damages any possible alliance she could ever have because she's betrayed so many people between the two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, nail in the coffin there. We're done, girl. <laughs> Don't come knocking. But you bring up a good point. Actually, there is like not a tradition, but it seems to be like a pattern in most seasons of Survivor where once the merge is reached, then all of the physically or... A, 
uh, I guess, physical appearing competitors start to get knocked off. Uh, so like once you're done with the team dynamic and it's just everyone for themselves, that's when you start to see a lot of like the really, really strong competitors start to get taken away. So perhaps that was something that was going through Melee's mind as well. But Jason, not only was your elimination a blind side, I would say, it was nearly unanimous as well. Walk us through the feeling of being on the receiving end of this kind of elimination. Um, you know, it didn't feel good. I feel like I was one of the, like the more serious players in the game. And Eric had these same feelings in season one where he was like, you know, I feel really dedicated, like more dedicated than other people that are playing. And so to see other people throw you under the bus doesn't feel good. 100% agree with that. Um, you actually asked me recently, like, did you know that you were going to go home? And no, but like, if you watch the footage back, I knew my name would be written down, but I thought we had the numbers on our side. So I knew I would see my name. So when I saw the first two, I was like, well, yeah, like I knew that those two, PD and Kevin were out to get me. When they kept coming, like, no, it doesn't feel good. Especially because I always have been loyal in this season and last season, I've never done anything um, to throw people under the bus. And so to see that that's not reciprocated um, was hard, especially because like an added layer of the drama of like our show is that we are family and friends that know each other so well. So it feels that much worse, um, but it's a game. So it's fine. As I said in my post on Facebook last week, um, I can't blame them because they never would have won. <laughs> <laughs> the drama oh my gosh um well yes it was definitely surprising it was a huge shock to see but i think in this upcoming episode tomorrow eight o'clock central time that's thursday january 6th right? yes thank you at eight o'clock central time we're going to see the ramifications of that decision uh, that's everything that I have on my side. I'll open up to any closing thoughts, but I just wanted to say thank you again, Jason, Ryan, Sarah, Live Reality Games for letting us chat about this. It's been an absolute blast, but any closing thoughts or any thoughts leading into this upcoming episode? Also, if anyone has any questions, pop them in the chat in these last few minutes that we have. Um, one thing that I was going to say um, is that I totally agree with Sarah. Ryan, you are such a people pleaser. Um, you did so well in that first challenge, carry your weight that I was like, so disappointed and thought it was so wrong to see you go, especially first. And I know that that was like your number one wish going on this whole trip with us was like, I don't want to be voted out first. And so I was like, that's such mm -hmm. a shame because there were people that did worse in the challenge. Um, <laughs> great job. And thanks for coming. Megan, I see in the comments, I want to see Michael do the drinking challenge in full. I will get that set up if you are there and Ryan will be there too. <laughs> and we'll record it and have little vomit buckets. That was actually one thing. Um, when I came back from throwing up, um, this got cut from the episode, but I was like drunk because I just had eight shots of Malort. And Kendra goes, Jason, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel like I know damn well that Kendra required Petey to try every single thing that was in season one. And I know that you didn't do all this. And he was like, no, I didn't. So he, <laughs> I said, no, I didn't. And if you won the first season, you wouldn't have to either. So, Michael. <laughs> Requirement's a requirement. Not you know, good. I'm a little disappointed we didn't catch more of the discussions the two of you had when there was a disagreement on camera, uh, because at some points they were they were they're a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one recurring theme that you saw more in season one than season two was Jason's um, 
disagreements with uh, perhaps the rules, the outcomes, this and that, but it just shows how passionate he is. And I wouldn't have changed anything, but it definitely made it probably uncomfortable for the surrounding group, but I still had a lot of fun. Always a great time. NPD, I just put this on the screen, but he said, I didn't try anything from the first season except a bomb. Realistically, I think that's the only one that was gonna hurt anyone. So I feel like that's fine. But Michael, all of yours could have. <laughs> I wouldn't change the thing. Well, I want to say thank you all again. It's been an absolute blast chatting. Thank you, Live Reality Games. Tune in tomorrow, 8 o'clock. That's January 6th, I think we said. 8 o'clock Central Time. We will have our fourth episode in a very spicy return from a holiday break. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you all soon. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. See you later. <laughs>